Well, greetings and welcome and happy new year. A new year is a new opportunity, a new season uh, to, to start afresh, turn a new chapter, and, uh, and even explore new opportunities, new habits, uh, resolutions, and, and a time of reflection of, of what, are, what are we after in life? You know, many of us are, are after God in one way or the other, whether we consider ourselves a follower of His, a, a, a Christian, or whether we're not. Many of us, wherever we are on the religious spectrum, on the spiritual spectrum, we desire God. And there's a, a few ways in which we relate to Him that allow us to, to experience Him. There's a number of ways. I, I want to share just a few. Some of us we're, are, we're after God, we desire God, and we relate to Him like some search. A, we're on a search for, for God. Now, searching for God is different than searching for your remote control in your home. You, your remote control in your home, you, you know what it looks like, you've held it, you've had it, you know it's in the house. It's a physical item, and so you turn over enough cushions and look under enough stuff. As long as you didn't accidentally drop it in the garbage bin or something, or as long as you don't have a one-year-old who takes stuff and places it somewhere no one else will ever find, you, you search long enough, you'll find that remote. Search for God's different. God's not just a remote control to be found. Searching for God is often, it feels like a search for love. It's searching for something we long for, in some sense we, we feel destined for, but is often rife with confusion and disappointment. But many of us, we relate to God as a search. Others of us relate to God. We, we seek to get more of Him in our life by learning about Him, by studying God, by, by a learning a truth as He's revealed Himself, and truths as, he's, as it's taught in various traditions or denominations or, or theology. Theology is the study of God, knowing, learning about God. Many of us enjoy this way of relating to God. We, we want to learn and study and grow in our understanding of who He is and, and how He's revealed Himself in the world. Others of us relate to God through working on His behalf. You know, if the search for God speaks to this, this spiritual hunger in our life, if, if learning about God speaks to the discipleship journey and and the working for God speaks to this, this desire to make a difference, to, to uh, partner with God in the world, to bring love and justice into the world. You know, we have these different ways of seeking to get more of God in our life. And, and each of those are, are a good and important and necessary part of our, of our faith and our relationship to God. But what I find is that Often we can prioritize these at the expense of something internal. Often we can, we, can, we can think we're trying to find God out here. We're trying to learn truths about God out here and get them in here. And then we try to work on God's behalf, but we miss the soul. We miss creating space for God in our life. And friends, when we are searching for God, when we're learning about Him, we're, we're working on His behalf, and yet we don't open ourselves and create space in our life for God to meet us. 
often those healthy pursuits become become unhealthy, self-centered practices. And so this year, our theme as a church is creating space for God. And we're going to revisit this theme throughout the year, but we're going to begin these first seven weeks of 2021 by talking specifically about that, creating space for God. We're going to talk about the postures and practices that open our lives to experience the transforming presence of God. And I want to invite you in this journey. And we're going to share something in a little bit, a real tangible way you can practice, a real tangible practice that you can can do to create space for God. But before, I want to open, I want to look at one of the postures we bring that shapes our practice with God. And I want to talk about the need to have an open posture toward God, an open versus not a closed. You know, we think being open or closed, most most followers of Jesus don't think of themselves as close to God. If you're close to God, then that's a different conversation. An important conversation, but but different. But many think of themselves as open. But rather than being open to God and His transforming presence, they try to manipulate God. They put themselves over God. And their way of relating, their way of getting more of God in their life is doing things to bend God's will with their own. And so we're going to begin. We're going to really go to the heart of it. What does it look like to have an open posture toward God? And a passage that I speaks really that I think speaks very powerfully to this is a real classic text in the book of Revelation. Now, as a church, we went through Revelation a few, uh, well, I guess weeks, uh, months ago, and we looked briefly at the seven churches. You know, the, uh, Pastor John is writing this this apocalyptic book that's unveiling the beauty of God's presence in in the chaos of life. He writes it to seven churches. And the last church is a church in a city called Laodicea. And he has, he tucks right in this rebuke of this church, this incredible truth about how we relate to God. In Revelation 3 verse 20, Jesus is speaking to this church and he says, listen, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into his home and share a meal with him and he with me. A beautiful passage. It comes on the heels of a a rebuke in verse 19. He says, All those I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. After this call toward repentance where Jesus is challenging them, you know, they haven't been creating space in their life for God. They've prioritized other things. After this rebuke, Jesus says, listen, I stand at the door and knock. And so let's make a few observations about that contrast between openness to God, a posture of open receiving, versus a posture of manipulation. You know, first, an open posture, it listens to God. An open posture is a listening posture. A manipulating posture lectures God. A manipulating posture relates to God primarily by commands, petitions, 
asking God. Now, the Bible is very clear. We're to bring our petitions, bring our requests to God. But it's always done with an overarching posture of, God, not my will, but your will be done. An open posture listens. And I think it's really beautiful in the text. You know, um, they are, Jesus, he, he's saying, listen. And what are they to hear? They're to hear his knock, his voice. Um, two great sages, Eugene Peterson, who is a pastor, and then also a sociologist, Parker Palmer, they, they use an illustration to talk about finding God. They talk about experiencing God's presence, much like we would seek to experience a, a wild animal in the forest. Now, if you're searching for a rare and wild animal and you go into the forest, if you're stomping out in there and yelling for, for the animal, it won't, you won't find it. All the noise, all the loudness will drive it away. What you need to do is you need to go and plant yourself and stay there hours, potentially, and just listen. And maybe, maybe it'll reveal itself. You know, God, after all, we're talking about creating space for God. God is not beholden to our formulaic prayers and commands. He's, he's God. And it requires a posture of, of openness and listening, placing ourselves in a position to hear His knock and voice in our life. An open posture is a listening posture, but also an opening posture is, is listening because of a desire for God, because of a need for God. An open posture is a needy posture toward God. A closed posture is a self-reliant. A closed posture toward God needs other things. In, in the text, the rebuke for the church is found in verse 17. Says, because you say, Jesus says, because you say, the reason he's rebuking them, because you say, I am rich and have acquired great wealth and need nothing. Do you hear that? But do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Just saying, listen, I'm rebuking you. The reason you, you don't hear my knock, the reason you don't hear is because you think of yourself as material or materially rich. And that leads you to believe you need nothing from God. You know, their value as a church was blessed are the rich. You know, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Jesus knows that, that material wealth can prevent us from hearing the voice. It can prevent us from hearing the knock of God in our life. And it positions us in a place of, Self-reliance says, and need nothing. Have you ever, have you ever had a friendship or a, a boyfriend or girlfriend that was really needy? You know what that relationship is like—a real needy person. They just, 
they really, they really want you to call. You know, you, you check your voicemail, you 10 messages from them. You give them a call. It doesn't even ring. They answer. It's like as if they were just sitting there waiting. And uh, you text them a message and they respond right away. It's almost like they've just been staring at their phone. If they have an iPhone, they're just wa- waiting for the, the little bubbles to, to pop up. They might call you. You answer your phone. Hey, they, they might ask, did you give me a call? Like, no, no, I didn't call you. Oh, well, I, I thought I heard my phone ring. I thought it might be you. It's like, well, you know, we have caller ID for these things, but they're a needy person. They, they just really, really, really want to hear from you. You know what it's like to be in that kind of relationship? You know, when we're in a place of dependence on God, when we need God, we are listening. We are listening for Him. When we're in a place of reliance and dependence and, and need, we hear His voice. We hear Him. An open posture listens, and an open posture listens because it needs God. It desires God. It it wants to hear Him knocking. And lastly, an open posture wants to hear Him knocking because at the end of the day, it desires God. It desires God's presence. Verse 20 again, listen. I am standing at the door knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into his home and share a meal with him and he with me. Jesus desires fellowship. Jesus knocks and desires to enter into the home of our heart and life for relationship. An open posture isn't just trying to get something from God. An open posture desires presence with God. When you have a, a meal with someone who's, who is important in the world, you, you share it with others. You might Instagram it. You, you might find a way to slip it into a conversation or into a sermon. <laughs> um, when Megan and I lived in, in Dallas, we had a meal with, with Coach Wade Phillips. He was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. We had a meal with Coach Wade and... Uh, Coach Wade's wife. I I don't remember her name. (laughs) And by meal, what I mean is we were at a fundraiser that the Dallas Cowboys were putting on because I don't know if you remember this, but a a number of years ago, their practice facility collapsed and it hurt one of the coaches. And so they were raising money for his family. And the only reason we were invited is not because we were wealthy and they they wanted us there, but uh, because Megan worked for the Make-A-Wish Foundation and and one of her friends was putting on this event. So here we are at the fundraiser, uh, sitting at a table, and all the other tables were taken. And it was just young Megan and I sitting there, and Coach Wade and his wife came in and scanned the room. Is there any table? Oh, the only spots available are right here with this joker. I'm sure I was just standing there smiling like a weirdo. And so they come over and, and we're talking and um, I can't remember how I set up, but I remember trying to talk some smack and about how the Bengals are going to 
beat the Cowboys. I remember Coach Wade, he just giggled and said, oh, the Bengals. Mentioned something about uh, Marvin Lewis being a great coach and um, and then off we went. You know, they, they ended up finding another table where we did. There was really nothing epic about it. But here I am talking about it. Coach Wade Phillips. I'm sharing this in the hopes that maybe of the 100 plus people who watch this, maybe five of you even know who he is. Most of you are like, who is this guy? You might be Googling it right now. You know, when you have a meal with someone who's important, you might find a way to slide it in. Share, oh, the time Coach Wade and I shared a meal together. The time I, I, I Justin Bieber, we're friends on Instagram. I follow him, you know. When there's someone we think is important, we'll, tell, we'll share about it with others. Now, why do we struggle to create space for God in our life? We will create space for all kinds of things. We will create space for people who are known by others who we don't even know. We will create space for television in our life. We create space financially. We create space physically by making room. We create space in our schedules to watch. We create space for the things we think are important. Why do we struggle to create space for God? I think there are many reasons, but one that I find in my life personally that I think many can relate to. One reason we fail to create space with God is we, we miss the glory and beauty and allness of His presence. You, th- you see, when we hear Jesus say, listen, I stand at the door and knock, we think that means in this relationship, Jesus is like little old Jace here st- sitting at the table just smiling and we're Coach Wade Phillips, all important, all coaching the Dallas Cowboys, all people wanting our time and there's Jesus knocking and standing and just hoping, hoping we let him in for a meal. And we, when we relate to God this way, we, we, we relate out of guilt. We, we think we're doing God a favor. It's like, oh, Jesus is knocking. Okay, well, I will let him in. What's the bare minimum we got to do here? You know, we got other things to do. You know, oh, yeah, we just got out of Christmas season. And man, we'd love to make it about just the presents and the music and the movies. And, but, you know, it is Jesus' birthday. So I guess we need to do something. We're going to light some candles. What are we going to do? We, we think that Jesus standing at the door and knocking means he's out in the cold and desperate for a friend. And here we are going to do him a favor, let him in, and sure, we'll, we'll have one meal, Jesus. One meal. You see, we don't create space for God because we're busy creating space for other things. And we don't hear the knock because we're hoping someone else will call. And friends, this is of the most absurd beliefs. Here's the truth. Jesus has creation on his resume. Jesus transcends kings and kingdoms. Jesus is worshipped by billions of people. Jesus' word has literally reshaped the world. 
Jesus is the one who holds the future in his hands. And Jesus, out of pure benevolence and grace and love on his part, desires a meal. That is to say, desires space with you and me. And and Jesus does this. You know, he's not not awed by our our worldly accolades. He doesn't care if you drive a Tesla. He's not impressed by what you drive. He doesn't care if you're someone important enough that others want you to be at their table. He's not. He doesn't care. He's too secure for that. Jesus doesn't care where you work. He doesn't care what you drive. He doesn't care about the square footage of your house. If anything, he knows that all of that, all of that is noise that will distract you from hearing and experiencing him for who he is. Friends, what an absolute privilege. Thank God, God, the creator of all things, desires relationship. That he is standing at the door knocking. And so the challenge for us to be reminded of this is the dynamic of the relationship. We are not trying to manipulate God. We're not here to command God. God is not at our beck and call. We're not doing him favors. But we, we behold his beauty and glory. Now open to listen. Listening in order to hear. In order to experience his presence. And so in this season, we want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to create space for God. Now in just a minute, Kate Likely is going to unpack this a little more. But we want to challenge everyone, if you consider Scarlet City your home, or you're just tuning in wherever you are, to practice what I'm going to call, it's a fun little acronym, TOG. Time alone with God. Time alone with God. Now, here's the thing. What I found in my life is anytime I set aside for time alone with God, I always leave refreshed. Whether it's a retreat, whether it's a few minutes of prayer, I want to challenge you every week to set aside a block of 30 to 60 minutes to spend time with God. Now, Kate will share a little more details about what that can look like. It's it's a little open-ended because, again, this isn't formula here. This isn't manipulating God. I'll do my time with God in order to get him to do X, Y, and Z to make me rich like they were. No, this is time alone with God, not to get something from God, but to get God. This is time alone with God to listen to make space to hear, time alone with God, to have a meal with Him. Because friends, whatever 2021 has in store with us, if we can be about opening ourselves and creating space to encounter the Creator of all things, I think that would be a habit and that would be a practice well spent. I'm going to hand it over to Kate here in just a moment, but before we do, let me say a brief word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for being a 
a God who desires relationship. You are the maker of all things. You are our redeemer and savior. Your son has defeated death and brought about your kingdom and future resurrection. And we are so immensely blessed by that good news. May we get more of you in our life. May we create space that your power can bring the hope, peace, joy, and love that we all crave. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.